Rick Butler joins us from RockyTopInsider.com. Rick, appreciate the time. Another exciting week on Rocky Top. How are you doing, brother? Hey, everybody. I'm not doing bad whatsoever. It is fun times over here in Knoxville, and certainly hope you guys are doing well, too. We are. Before we get to football, i got to ask you, the Tennessee um, basketball team, the men's team, takes on Gonzaga tomorrow night, and that is an exhibition game in Frisco, Texas. I believe that to be a 9 o'clock start. I heard your uh, partner there on Rocky Top Insider talking about actually getting to go to that game to cover it. So I don't know your status on that, but what a what a great opportunity and early basketball it doesn't count or anything like that. But it is Gonzaga and Tennessee, you know, a top eleven matchup. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's definitely going to be uh, a lot of fun on Friday night in Texas. You know, even last week, or, or maybe it was actually a little bit earlier on this week. Tennessee basketball actually hosted Tom Izzo in Michigan State in Knoxville earlier this week. So, yeah, there's been a lot of fun things going on right now with the Tennessee basketball program. And actually, funny enough, if you're watching that game or if you're tuned into that game, you're correct. And Ryan will be there, so Rocky Top Insider will will be well represented. But that arena that they're playing in is actually my hometown. That's that's where I grew up. That's where I spent the first 18 years of my life. My senior year of high school, I actually I was a pizza deliverer right before I went to college, and uh, I can't tell you how many pizzas I actually delivered to that specific arena <laughs> growing up, you know, hoping to uh, hoping to get to cover the team one day. So that's it's cool. kind of full circle. So if you're watching the game, uh, that's my, my hometown over there. That is cool. Frisco, Texas, huh? That's right. That's right. You can check out the game. It says uh, uh, ppv.com, which is a pay-per-view uh, or check your local provider, you know, Xfinity, Spectrum, Direct, Dish, all the all the normal ones, uh, Verizon, whatever. Uh, but ppv.com would have some info on that if you'd like to check that out tomorrow night. Now, football is what everybody's talking about. I love your article. I just saw it a couple minutes ago about how Jalen Hyatt is outpacing six SEC football teams when it t- comes to touchdown passes. And that kind of puts it in perspective here of what Jalen Hyatt has done. It's really remarkable. Yeah, I think remarkable is the exact perfect way to put it. I mean, it, it truly is jaw-dropping. Jalen Hyatt has 12 touchdown receptions through the first seven games of the season so far. And just like you said, that is more receiving touchdowns than six SEC teams. And that includes number one Georgia. That includes preseason top 10 Texas A&M. That includes South Carolina, Florida, Missouri, and Auburn. All of them have less, less than 12. But I think you're right. Ultimately, that puts it into a great perspective just really how great Jalen Hyatt has been this year at finding the end zone. He just he really has a knack for getting in the right spot. Obviously, the coaches have a knack in getting him in the right position on the field with the right matchup. But, man, that guy is just so talented at getting in the end zone. I think it's really impressive what he's been able to do, especially in the last three weeks, uh, tallying up nine total touchdowns. He's been phenomenal for Tennessee in Cedric Tillman's absence. Speaking of, nice segue. You know where we're going. I've seen this, and I've complained more about this this fall than any other because I, the misinformation on Facebook, Twitter, and social media <laughs> is just through the roof. I've seen right? the opposite I mean, of what Quake has seen. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I saw that, oh, Cedric Tillman is in their two-deep list for this game, Kentucky coming up, meaning that he would probably play. 
And then Joe tells me, I saw where he's out for he's, the year. He's done. <laughs> I mean, that's two ends of the pendulum right there, two ends of the spectrum. So what do you know about Cedric Tillman and his availability for Saturday or maybe even against Georgia down a week from Saturday? Yeah, well, I'll start with this. I'm actually looking at the Tennessee depth chart for this week for Kentucky, and Cedric Tillman is listed as a starting wide receiver, which is kind of the way that he's been listed the past couple of weeks. Oh. You know, the depth chart for Tennessee really is not something that gets – updated on a week to week basis necessarily. Uh, I can okay. actually only think of I can actually only think of one specific time this season where the depth chart was significantly changed and that was just to remove some of the ores that were there at the beginning of the season during fall camp. So I wouldn't necessarily go too much on the uh, on the depth chart. Really what we heard today from Josh Heupel is a lot of what we've heard throughout the year so far, really throughout just his tenure at Tennessee when it comes to injuries, he said to us today that hey the medical staff is going to take one last look at him tomorrow and Saturday. They're going to have a conversation about what is best for him. That's typically how Josh Heupel handles all of these injury concerns that he doesn't necessarily want to talk about too much during the week. So that's ultimately going to be a game-time decision. I don't have any kind of idea on which way it's leaning. Obviously, it does seem like we're getting to the point where Cedric Tillman could return to the team in any of these games coming up. It just seems like based on the timeline. And then we also know about two weeks ago, WBIR here in Knoxville had a report that kind of said that Tennessee was eyeing this Kentucky game as a potential return. So I think right now it's up in the air. I think it's hard to go in either direction. I think on one hand you have, yeah, you know what, this could be his return to the field. He certainly had a lot of time under his belt to have that surgery, to get it rehabbed and be back ready to play. But hey, if he doesn't play, that just means that we're potentially one week away, but one week closer to his return whenever that does come. Rick, you know there's fans out there that are thinking, do we really need him? If we bring him back, is that going to mess up anything we've got? <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I was about to say, be because, quiet. Yeah, be quiet <laughs> because you know, you're just adding depth to that uh, position. And, man, uh, bringing him on and uh, with his talents, that's only a positive for that volunteer offense. Yeah, no doubt about it. I actually heard the same thing on Knoxville radio the other day, and it kind of gave me the same reaction that you guys had right there. No, we know that Tennessee's wide receiver core has some very talented pieces on their own. We know that, you know, between McCoy, Keaton, Tillman, and Hyatt, they're all very talented receivers. But I think that anybody watching Tennessee football can also get the understanding that, hey, these guys are put in the right spot because of the scheme, and the coaching has a lot to do with it. I think you add Cedric Tillman back, you give Tennessee one more piece to use in the puzzle, and I think they can make that happen. So I'm with you guys. I think that's just kind of the rich getting richer in that department. Injury happened on September 17th, so we're looking at a solid, what, six weeks? since Maybe not since the surgery, but since the injury. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That happened in, in week three against Akron, and we're, what, we're going into week nine of the college football season right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you are right. I think that's right about six weeks, and this was kind of the original timetable that we had heard. So I, I know a lot of people are, are certainly hopeful that Cedric Tillman will come back this week, but I, I think, guys, obviously we know that next week is a gigantic game on the radar, and I think that's really the game where if they need Cedric Tillman for any game this season, I think that's the one you would want to have him in. Remember, he went for over 200 yards against the Bulldogs last year. He, he's certainly – he certainly kind of found a little trick for that uh, for that defense. So I think that's especially when Tennessee would want him back if they had a choice. But, man, I'd like to see him run a route or two before that game. I mean, I don't think <laughs> you can just plug him in and expect him to be 100%. 
uh, in game shape, you know, for sure. So maybe he does get a couple snaps Saturday or whatever he can go medically. But I, I, I just wouldn't expect him to come in and be the Cedric Tillman we saw last year right out of the gate, you know, being rusty a little bit. Yeah, and I think as well maybe something to watch for, and I don't exactly – I do not know this confidently. I, I do not know this for a fact. But just kind of knowing the way that Josh Heupel and his staff have operated throughout their tenure at Tennessee, I also would not necessarily expect Josh Heupel to come out on one of his Monday or Thursday press conferences and say, hey, guys, you know what? Cedric Tillman is ready to go. I think they're kind of playing this game of will he, won't he play – force the opposing defense to really kind of factor him into their uh, to their preparation all week, and then you kind of find that out on the game-time decision. So, obviously, this thing could go a number of different directions. I- I'm not saying any of that with uh, as a complete fact. But if you ask me my opinion, I think that's more what's likely to happen is that whenever he does return, it's maybe kind of one of those game-day decisions or game-day announcements at the least. So, uh, Tillman is obviously uh... – it's newsworthy, but we all know what the big news on Rocky Top was this week, and that was the dark mode uniforms. want to get your thoughts, Rick, uh, on personally what you think of the uniforms and what you're hearing, because we know there's traditionalists, traditionalists out there that uh, it's orange and white, and by God, that's all it needs to be. Uh, but there are also a lot of people out there who, who love you know the smoky grays and uh, who love this one. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, okay, so believe it or not, and I have been pretty surprised by this throughout the week, but I have seen very, very good responses for Tennessee's dark mode uniforms. I think a lot of the people that I was maybe expecting to either kind of be negative or kind of be a little wishy-washy about it, there's a lot of people that I think are on board. And one of the most common traits that I've seen from people, at least on social media, which we know that social media can (laughs) often be the vocal minority, but one thing that I did see a lot was, hey, you know what, I'm not necessarily for alternate jerseys, but these are a lot better than the smoky grays. So I at least saw that as a common reoccurrence, whether that does or does not speak for Ball Nation, I do not know. Uh, but I personally love these jerseys, man. I Me really too. think that the black helmet ties everything together. We know that Tennessee could not do that last year because of supply chain issues. I actually think they, their, um, their equipment department did a really nice job at kind of stringing together those uh, alternate white helmets but, man, these black helmets really look good. They really tie the whole thing in together, and they really kind of give you this, you know, this almost stalker in the night, this kind of, you know, uh, this, uh, I don't know, just a, a really um, daunting figure, if you will. I, I think these are going to look really cool. I think they're going to be under the lights of Neon Stadium, and obviously you're going to have a pretty rowdy crowd behind them. So I, I think that these are definitely going to um, be a hit among the fan base uh, this weekend. I agree. I agree. I love them. I've been talking for years now. I need to get a black helmet that you can do something and they look good, you know, with that orange contrast. And I was right. So I'm patting myself on the back right now. And uh, it's all my, it's all it's all because of me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I can't wait. So thank you, Cowboy Joe. I can't wait to see him under the lights yeah. on Saturday night. So what do you? I mean, what's your biggest storyline? Your biggest takeaway here is uh, number one: Can Kentucky's defense, uh, you know, prevent the big play? And number two, can if they can't, can Kentucky score with Tennessee? I mean, that's what it feels like going into the game from my perspective. Yours? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think those are two of the top points right there, especially the last one. You know, can Kentucky ha- have – do they have the horses to stay in a race with Tennessee? I think 
that's kind of the common theme that we've seen a lot with Tennessee's season. Obviously, we have not seen a team that's been able to so far, Alabama doing the best job at it, but we haven't seen a team be able to stay up to pace with Tennessee for four quarters. Man, to me, the biggest thing that I will be watching in this game is really just the stark contrast in offensive styles that these two teams have. We know that Tennessee likes to go up-tempo and with a fast-paced offense. On the flip side of things, though, Kentucky runs a little bit more of maybe an NFL-style offense. They're going to want to slow this game down to an absolute crawl. I think they're going to use the huddle. I think they're going to use the clock. I think they're going to use really everything they can to slow this game down and stop the pacing from Tennessee's offense. So that's kind of one of the biggest things I'm looking at in this game is Tennessee's offense going to be able to maybe maybe have to sit on the sideline for a seven- and eight-minute drive from Kentucky's offense and then still be able to come out fresh doing what they're doing and executing what they need to on that side of the ball. That, to me, is the biggest thing that I'll be watching kind of the change of pace between both teams with the ball. That's a very good point. I didn't think much about that, but that's that could be something where you're kind of lathered up and ready to go, but then you got to sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there, and, and purposely by Kentucky, that's what they want to do. So yep. keep it out of their hands. 12-point favorite Tennessee is going into Saturday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, great job, Rick, as always, man. Keep up the good work. and. Uh, if people want to follow uh, your your pal Ryan Shumpert there going to the Gonzaga Tennessee basketball game, uh, what's his what's his follow on Twitter and social media? Yeah, feel free. He's definitely going to have some great content right there. That will be at r shump zero zero s c h u m p. And then if you want to follow along with me, uh, we will certainly be over at the uh, at Neyland Stadium this weekend for the Kentucky game. You can follow me at Rick underscore Butler. But, of course, all of our stuff combined is over at RockyTompInsider.com. That's where you can follow all of, the, all of your Tennessee news, notes, and coverage. We will have you locked in there. Fantastic, brother. Keep up the good work. Yes, and sir. Uh, already looking forward to Tennessee, Georgia, the Border War Week uh, starting next week. So enjoy this weekend, Rick. Big sports weekend. Yeah, guys, I am too. I can't wait to talk next week. Should be a fun one. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank Rick. you. Rick Butler from RockyTopInsider.com.